0: Yeah, welcome to Anarchists and Androids. Uh, I'm Parenthesis I, and I'm joined here by Logar the Barbarian. And today with this episode, we're we'll going to talk about the Disney Plus series, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's a six episode series that came out in March and April of last year,
1: 2021. Right, I, I'm going to start off just by a quick overview here of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I like it. And there are definitely issues in it, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, things that trigger my little anarchist ooh senses <laughs> and sensibilities. But that's kind of the the case with superheroes in general, because they do ride a certain line of imperialism and everything else at times. That's this present now. There's some positive stuff that I found in the series, as well as some things that make me cringe, but. What it is is what we get like that gets me excited as a comic geek is we've been introduced to Sam Wilson's uh, Falcon in quite a few of the movies so far. First, I believe popping up in the winter soldier movie. Oh yeah. And then going on to be in many of the Avengers films. And here we see a new captain America coming out who eventually becomes us agent, which is another character from the comics. I'm excited to see on screen. And, sam wilson the falcon becoming the new captain america and that's pretty much the
0: whole overall what happens in the series <laughs> that's the spoilers well let's see. i mean i guess i mean one, like this series is like we've kind of like discerned from the last episode that this is like the most political out of all the mcu series and stuff that came out at least in phase four if not all
1: Yeah, and the politics are are weird, strange, hazy. And we're working around the concept of the snap from the Infinity Wars. So like you snap- everybody disappears and you snap again and everybody five years later everybody
0: came back oh and that's what's fascinating too because like this is political movement the flag smashers which is a weird but wonderful name in my opinion (laughs) but like and Mm -hmm. so basically like this political group is uh led by this person named carly morgenthal who like she and like the inner circle like have the super serum that the captain america took they took it somehow as well so they have the same powers even though they don't look as buff as Captain America. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it turned him from scrawny little Steve Rogers into giant buff Steve yeah. Rogers.
0: So, like, yeah, why didn't it turn? They were the huge hulking buff people. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, just regular people, yeah. But they had the powers and the leading in this movement. And apparently they want, like, uh, let's see. They want a world that is unified without borders. I like that yeah (laughs) yeah but (laughs) but it doesn't i was thinking that doesn't necessarily mean anarchist that would that could mean like one world government
1: yeah yeah Mm. it's it's still i think the idea and the concept there behind it is not something i have an aversion to and that's the thing with politics i'm an anarchist right like i i i have this idealized world that i picture and conceive specifically i consider myself an anarchist communist uh, stateless, classless, uh, no capitalism uh, type of system where things like power is distributed horizontally, horizontally and in an egalitarian manner is kind of what I proselytize as The perfect. Now at the same time, I realize I live in a world full of states. And I can see these different uh, governments and states as varying degrees of positives and negatives. I can acknowledge when things are done by a state that, okay, that's helpful for the people or that's not, (laughs) you know, I'm not an unreasonable human being at at the same time that I can't acknowledge when those things impact us in positives and negative ways. And that's just how the world is, you know, does that make sense? (laughs) Um, But I think it's, their politic let's let's go back to the snap for a minute because i think that's something that i should address yeah that thanos did yeah Yeah, and it's based on this concept of you make half of all existence go away and there's no more scarcity well the problem is a lot of our scarcity exists because it's generated by those in power who hold the resources so yeah. the snap isn't going to eliminate scarcity. That's number one. That's just a, an absurdity. The comics really haven't thought that much of it through or haven't maybe looked this stuff up. Scarcity could be eliminated. If we talked about how we're distributing resources across the globe, we could already do that. So if half of everybody disappeared, it didn't doesn't mean everybody's going to move into the open houses. Cause we have more open houses now than we have homeless in the United States. And it didn't eliminate that scarcity because the banks continue to generate scarcity in the housing market, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and the same kind of issue actually happened in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier when exactly. like, Sam and his sister tried to get a loan from a bank, mm-hmm. and they were denied the loan because Sam Wilson was gone for five years. Uh, be- and so as a result, he didn't generate the income, and he needed income for five years to get a loan. <laughs>
1: well, yeah. <laughs> Those banks have power that's that's not the people who have the power are gonna be mostly banks and these large corporations who own things when people abandon their things, you know the banks are gonna come in and swoop them up after not paying you the mortgage or whatever landlords come in and and gut your stuff out. It isn't gonna just open those resources up to a lot of other people. there might be a few extra open jobs here and there, uh but something like that, I think it would be really interesting to do some kind of like thought experiment looking at how realistically half of everybody vanishing in the snap would play out in reality but that's neither here nor there the whole politic of this is focused on around that and it's like oh we were doing better before well would that have been the case number one this fictional element and number two this, uh, um, this idea that, that uh, what they're doing so Sam likes their cause like okay they're fighting for the people but they're doing it the wrong way because someone <laughs> got hurt and that's why I throw the brakes on again like we're talking about US imperialism now they do put a foil on that they do get a little more interesting with it because you have the character of a US agent in this as well who kind of represents I'd say some form of uh, strict conservative, hardcore American imperialism, or something,
0: yeah. yeah. And then the Falcon and the Winter Soldier characters are kind of they represent like a more enlightened, thoughtful, liberal Democrat kind of person, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, you got
1: John Walker, who's that that hard ass kick ass, and then you have Sam, who's probably the, the, the Democrat, and yeah. and and the, and, the, and as so, like the the flag smashers seem to take up a place in the time that it came out. There was a lot of talk about anti-fascist uh resistance and things like that in the news. And there like the term the anti-fascist discussion and and and, and highlighting took a very different dimension in the popular culture than I've ever seen it take. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, because like the series came out like just a couple months after the January 6th insurrection. So, <laughs> yeah, and so it was filming throughout.
1: I guess it was filming throughout the pandemic, and at that point in time, we had things going on around the country, like burning down a cop shop to get yeah. some justice, uh, yeah. things like direct action and uh, and certain tactics that a lot of uh, a lot of people in the state who tend to defend things like property over human life tend to get upset about. And it kind of reflects that I, the series kind of reflects some of those ideals there, that hegemonic concept of like, this is bad, this is good. It's only good when the authority does it. It's bad when the people do it type of thing is happening in here. (laughs) But there are some other positive things I
0: see in the series as well yeah oh yeah well, it's interesting. the flag smasher movement right like they they like you see the inner core of those uh people that have the serum and they're badass and getting into fights all the time <laughs> but then you have like the general population like uh the big adherents of the movement and a lot of them seem to have some kind of app on their phones it's kind of like a pokemon go fly flash mob thing yeah. where it like when the inner core wants to they can activate this thing on people's phones and then they they're ready to like stand up and kick ass in some kind of way, weird, undefined way. But it's yeah. kind of implied that like a lot of people are adhering to this movement.
1: Well, it takes me back to Twitter and like the Arab Spring and everything that happened there where people were using Twitter to mobilize en mass and, and tell people and get out information of what was going on at the time. And a lot of countries were having some serious political conflict from the folks rising up. And that's what it kind of puts me in the mind of. <laughs> now, oh. let's talk about Isaiah Bradley for a minute.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So that was yeah interesting. Like he was uh, also had gotten this super serum that like Captain America got and the Flag Smashers got. So a lot of people in the show had that serum because I think Bucky <laughs> also got that serum too, right? I don't yeah. know if
1: Bucky got. So here's the thing: I'm not 100 percent sure of, and I have to may have to go back and rewatch. I don't think Bucky ever got the serum. I think his super soldiery path was slightly different maybe it was a, a different serum or something plus he's got his adamantium arm but oh yeah uh, <laughs> i think that was it or this... vibranium i think vibranium not vi- yeah. not adamantium adamantium is wolverine vibranium is wakanda
0: <laughs> yeah because yeah, <I> <laughs> yeah, he did also say like i went from one fight to another for 90 years
1: so yeah he's been he's not been there killing for 100 years now, I, I i have <laughs> i have a question like like some of the things like him making buddies with the feller whose son he killed there's kind of a, a creepy vibe there to yeah, me yeah. before that like oh that's a little morbid and creepy like, like he's trying to appease his conscience for his murder that he committed by coming into this feller's life is i find a little questionable
0: yeah well in a way like like this series in general reminds me a lot of the hawkeye series you know because like for like Bucky is like kind of is tormented by his past of having been the winter soldier where he killed all these people. And then in the Hawkeye series, like the Clint, uh, what was it Clint Barlow? Clint Barton, yeah. Uh, Hawkeye, like he was also like tortured by his past of, he was killing all these people during the blip time, the five years that everybody was was gone. But he was Ronan. Yeah, <laughs> was as <laughs> Ronan, yeah. It's a very different series. And, but I mean, very similar series in that regard and talking about the repercussions of the blip. And people being tormented by their murderous pasts, but still they're good guys, you know. <laughs> and you're, yeah. You're them that way.
1: And the question of good guy and bad guy too. Like, look at this here whole thing. Like, I I'd, I'd venture to say there isn't a good guy side, although it is framed that Bucky and the, the new Captain America or the Falcon and, and, and who becomes Captain America are the good guys. Yeah,
0: the title characters.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're the title characters. They're the focus. But you know, like you said, this came out around January 6th, and I feel that the January 6th hero might be US Agent and 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 the oh, hero right. of the people might be the flag smashers. Yeah. And it's not like one or the other isn't doing things like violence and stuff like that. Like people aren't dying. Like that there is one scene in there that I loved is you have the new Captain America, John Walker, who becomes US Agent, and
0: there's this big old fight. Over, uh was it Battlestar?
1: Is that is that what his name his name was? Lamar? Uh oh Constance? yeah, like
0: yeah, like the sidekick for the US agent.
1: Yeah, so ba- it's a, uh, he gets killed and he gets mad and he goes out there in front of everybody. He's got Captain America's shield dressed yeah. in the red, white, and blue, smashing dude's head, and there's blood on the shield.
0: Oh, and then a crowd Image. is there, they witness yes. it.
1: Yeah. Yes, they're <laughs> you know, it's filming. on their phone. And that is the the American power. That is the American dream. That is the imperialism of America. That is, you know, the might makes right of the U.S. Empire. And he's standing there with that blood on the shield, and I just... I love that. I love that yeah. scene. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's very like, uh, yeah. When there's like dramatic endings of an episode, you know, there's an art making a nice ending.
1: And when <laughs> it was coming out and it was like, you had to wait another week. And I watched it. I was like, oh, this is too good. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Oh, I'm geeking out. I'm screaming. at the, like, no way. We're going to get a cool, nasty U.S. agent. And he's done real well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's Kurt Russell's son there playing yeah, John yeah. Walker. He's, he's so good in it.
0: Yeah. Oh, but we got sidetracked from the Isaiah Bradley we, Isaiah
1: right? Bradley. Yeah. So let's talk about Isaiah Bradley because that feels a strong part of this. Because we are talking about some of the injustices done against like people of color, specifically black men in the military and in the United States. And that is kind of brought up, maybe not in the most uh direct-in-your-face poignant way possible, but it's definitely an element throughout this, and it's something Sam contends with, and it's something that Isaiah Bradley has been uh, very much impacted by, you know, imprisoned and everything else. So there's definitely a lens here looking at something like race in the United States in relationship to all these messy things they're pulling out from patriotism, because it is Captain America,
0: <laughs> we're talking about is what this. Is. Oh yeah, because like yeah, you have like Steve Rogers that got the serum, and he was you know. He and Isaiah Bradley both, you know, soldiers with the U.S. Army, military that. But like so Steve Rogers like got this serum, and he became this hero, blonde hair, blue eyed representation of America. Everybody adores him. And then Isaiah Bradley, this black man got the, the serum. And instead he was like locked up and like experimented on for 30 years and so kept out of public consciousness. And so it's kind of like representative of like the. Like people of color that are kind of tortured and forgotten, locked that way, out of sight, out of mind, kind of thing. Yeah, you know?
1: and there, like, there are definitely some Tuskegee uh, elements they're yeah. trying to put in there. It, it's definitely tr- like, oh, it it reminds you of certain things of history. Being this superhero fiction, they're kind of pulling from things that have happened in reality to kind of situate it in a re- enough of reality so that you can be like, oh, okay, I get it, I associate with this, so yeah the comic truth that that's based on is an interesting one um the character isaiah bradley where he came from is well worth checking out i feel captain america as a whole just throughout the ages has had some wonderful and terrible takes at different times and and just like any other comic character a lot of times it depends on who's writing this and who's putting this out and what kind of worldview they're feeding into these characters And you're kind of pulling that out when it comes out the other side, when you're taking it in as media, if that makes sense. (laughs) Um, But like there have been plenty of times throughout history when I feel that Captain America as a character has gone on some positive directions, you know, it definitely has always been hardcore anti-Nazi anti-fascist to some extent. I'd say that Captain America as a character most of the time tends to lean on a more progressive patriotism. Like we've talked
0: about before, they being the more Democrat type hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then also in that episode, I think it was episode two when they first like go to see Isaiah Bradley at his place in Baltimore. Yes. Uh, then after that, then like, uh, the, Sam and Bucky are, like, stopped by the Baltimore Police Department. <laughs> and so initially, like, it looks like Sam's going to be arrested, you know, because he's a black man for that reason. But then instead of that, uh, Bucky ended up getting arrested instead because right. he uh, had missed his court mandated therapy appointment. <laughs> so <laughs> he was, like, on parole. I guess it was a condition of, like having like been this crazy murderer guy for so long, be like, okay, you, you can still be free, but you got to go to therapy. <laughs> which...
1: So here, here's what's interesting is that that, that that's when John Walker's uh, Captain America, he's the newly appointed Captain America that made a hoopla of it. And he goes on television talking about how he
0: feels like he knew Captain America because he really liked what he saw about him in the television. Oh, he went on Good Morning America, <laughs> which is... Uh, on ABC, which is owned by Disney. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't put that together. (laughs) So here we have the new Captain America who
1: walks on into the cop shop and is able to just get him like, like wave his hand. And we don't have to worry about things like the parole, you know, violations and whatnot that are occurring there. So that's, that's interesting (laughs) because a lot of folks don't, don't get that privilege of Captain America coming and said, Hey, police don't prosecute.
0: Don't hold him accountable for whatever he broke in his parole violations.
1: But that happened. <laughs>
0: yeah. And that gives you definitely the impression of how in the MCU, like the superheroes that are kind of owned and controlled by the government, that they, they have sway. They're like powerful people in the, the political apparatus.
1: They definitely add an extra element or a, a specific element, like a, a violent element to that. Uh What's the word I'm looking for? to the stratification that exists
0: within the power structure of the United States
1: empire. (laughs)
0: Mm. And it's interesting in the MCU, like you could like categorize the superheroes as either like state sanctioned superheroes, like captain America or like the ones that are kind of gone rogue and stuff. And that's like, you know, Spider-Man, Peter Parker before he went public and stuff. And, and captain America, the, the original one, when he like defied like the, was it Sarkovia Accords? Yeah, and yeah. in the
1: comic book, that's like Civil War. The, yeah.
0: the, well, the movie was, it was the
1: Civil War movie, but in the in the comic book Civil War, there was Tony Stark, the capitalist, industrialist, billionaire, is like, yeah, the law here, we adhere to it. And Captain America is the one who directly defies the law and opposes it and whatnot. And the law mm. in the comics was essentially like a, a superhero registry type thing he was opposed to. Which, yeah. looking at it... um. I guess if you're using I think that there's there's some hazy territory here because one way I think that people pr- tried to pitch this as like, oh, if they make you register for being different, type like the mutants and the X-Men, how it was kind of an allegory for civil rights. At the other hand, we are talking about extremely powerful people who are killing others um yeah. in the name of justice. Maybe <laughs> registering them isn't the worst thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I guess the implication is, like, when they're registered, they're at the beck and call of oh, the government. The
1: government, yeah. Yeah. So then and, they're throwing that out there.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then, like, if they're not, if they, they, they go against the government and such, then they would go to what they show as the island where uh, people like Baron Zemo are locked up. Yes.
1: The island was that big prison out there that they were going to where, like you said, Baron Zemo was locked up. Now, Baron Zemo was an interesting character in this
0: series overall. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I wrote down like a a quote from him. So to quote Baron Zemo, the problem with people like them, the super soldiers, is that we put them in pedestals, they become symbols, icons, we forget their flaws, (laughs) and what, and then cities fly and innocent people die. Yeah. And I yeah. mean,
1: we saw that it, cities flying in Avengers uh, was it Avengers 2, Ultron, Age of Ultron. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the first one, too, like and just in general, I think Lagos, like so many big cities around the world when they have a big superhero battle that we love to see because it's big and spectacular. Yeah. Like you forget that, like people's lives are being destroyed <laughs> and it happens repeatedly in the, this universe here.
1: And that's one of the things that they've leaned into in comics and like what Alan Moore when he came out with Watchmen was was questioning some of these ideas that were put out there. And now his his question his initial question of the 80s has been questioned over and over again almost to where it's a cliche but like you have things like The Boys on television with Homelander and stuff like that. Like what do we do in a situation where people hold this much power over mm-hmm. us? And I think it's a good analogy in a sense Maybe they don't have superpowers, but to the people who actually do hold power over us, it's an interesting thing to to start to examine and question. Like when Alan Moore was doing Watchmen, it was a very much he was he, being critical of Thatcher and a lot of the stuff that was going on during the eighties with Reagan and them.
0: Oh, another quote from Zemo: Anyone that has that serum is inherently on that path, the path to like you know power corrupting kind of thing.
1: And and that is that brings you to that whole thing, like in reality, that, that term power corrupts ultimate power yeah. <laughs> type type concept that's brought up. Like when you get that power, you know, you it is a corrupting element. And that's what he's kind of saying, but they're applying it to the power of superheroes. So yeah. <laughs> what were, the, what were the, the the prison experiments that were done? What were that? What was the name uh, of the are you thinking in the Tuskegee experiments? No, the ones where they where they did a mock prisoners. And oh, um, yes.
0: Stan- was it Stanford? Stanford? Yes, yeah. the
1: Stanford prison experiments. Yeah. And you kind of think of back to experiments like that, where they're showing that given this authority, domination and power over somebody else, how do people behave? Now, it's a totally... Unethical experiment
0: to engage in in, the, in this day and age, but it was done. Yeah, and like, and they definitely kind of play that theme a lot. Was it John Walker, the U.S. agent guy? Mm-hmm. Because like, for one, like he has like the power. He's totally going on power trips. The whole series about like, for one, like the, around the shield and the title of Captain America and stuff. And at one point, he even like goes up to that one guy, like the suspect, bad guy. Uh, do you know who I am? And then the suspect says, "Yes, I do," and I don't care. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then like. He goes on the power trip, you know, when he ends up killing that guy, you know, on public view and such. And then later on, like he finds one vial of the super serum and then I guess he ends up taking it. But he's kind of struggling whether or not he should take it or not. But you kind of know he wants to go on that path because he's so, so power hungry.
1: And then they go into this like like there's this thing that says it makes you more yourself. Yeah, I, I believe Lamar was Lamar Hoskins was the first one to say that. I might be I might be wrong, that, but yeah. this the power makes you more yourself. And at some point in time, there's some kind of hint that like, well, because Steve Rogers was such a good person, it made him good with power, which is a really weird message. To yeah, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was like yeah. the purity of steve rogers <laughs> like oh and,
0: really, yeah. really loved and it. he was able to hold a uh, thor's hammer too because he's so pure
1: yeah so we're painting this this character of steve rogers as uh, captain america as the ultimate purity in the comic books they had this running uh theme or story or whatever and i think it was one of the i don't think it was guardians of the galaxy one of the one of the like space future comics i know that it came into some of the guardians of the galaxy comic books at different times where like steve rogers is this ultimate force of um freedom and uh triumph that will never die even for a thousand years in the future he will return it's really weird what they do he's kind
0: of (laughs) he's kind of like like jesus christ
1: yeah they make him very (laughs) christ-like and it's like Woo, we love America. (laughs) Oh wow.
0: Yeah, you got yeah, the Jesus and the flag, you know, all together in one.
1: (laughs) So yeah, there's just some weird messages about Steve Rogers. Not gonna lie, I like Captain America. I'm a goddamn anarchist. It's fun. I grew up with the toys and the comics as a kid getting excited watching him fight Red Skull and Nazis and hate monger Mm -hmm. and all of them.
0: But then the Carly Morgenthau, leader of the Flag Smashers, she referred to Captain America's shield as a a monument to a bygone era. It's Mm -hmm. a reminder of all the people that history left out.
1: I think that I think that I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I feel that my (laughs) empathies go with with Carly a lot of times in this (laughs) because there's some truth to that. And I feel that they touch on that briefly when they when they go over to Isaiah's uh, Brad, Isaiah Bradley, right, is his name
0: oh yeah was uh, he was the older guy yeah the, so the guy I, when that... I
1: go incidentally his that that uh his his nephew or whatever i believe is said to be that what's that uh, newer marvel character i think his name is justice who's kind of a new captain america sidekick type character um that's uh, that's been doing stuff with a lot of the newer characters like ghost spider and um and well, who else is like miles morales yeah. and that whole realm of new oh, marvel heroes Oh, the spider-verse <laughs> yeah well the spider but there's also like all those like iron heart and everybody like iron heart mm-hmm. from there's a whole new realm i feel of like new characters that popped up in the last decade or two that yeah. became popular and he's kind of in that group if you watch some of the cartoon shorts on uh on Disney Plus he's in some of those in
0: that little oh, yeah. uh, team that they have but anyways it's a sidetrack <laughs> yeah. and like in the series uh, like they they have the running theme of like who is or should be Captain America now that Steve Rogers isn't and so they kind of show all these different possibilities like maybe bucky Barnes, because like he was like Captain America's sidekick for so long or maybe Isaiah Bradley, because like he also got the serum around the same time. Uh, or maybe like Sam Wilson, because, you know, Steve Rogers gave him the shield before he went away. Mm-hmm. Or maybe uh, the John Walker, because the U.S. government sanctions him. <laughs> <So> yeah. <he's- laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And of course, everybody's pulling for Sam Wilson. I, I love when he when he c- gets home and-, and he sees his nephews, they come running up. Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam. Oh, yeah. Uncle Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Captain then America then, is Uncle Sam.
0: Yeah, 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 and so of course Uncle Sam becomes Captain America. But yes. yeah, then uh, like as far as like who should be Captain America, like uh, you have another answer to the question being uh, what Zemo's quite, answer of nobody should have it, and then you have curly Lee Morganthau's answer, which is like the revolutionaries should be Captain America. So, but not
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, Captain Anarchy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I like I like Sam's overall arc, like like uh Anthony Mackey in the role over the last few years since he originally did the Winter Soldier and he was introduced there as the Falcon. I really appreciate his character in the MCU. I'm excited to see him go further. One of the things I disliked about the comics is that we get A replacement for a hero like Captain America and then they just turn it around, reverse it, and Captain America would come back. I think they're going to have a harder and harder time doing that as the Marvel Comics MCU universe goes forward. And I'm Mm -hmm. glad about that because it was that reversal that often teed me off reading the comics. Like, no, it's progressively evolved this world and we have to now because people are going to start aging out and becoming, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't be Running around like that forever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm into that. I think it's cool. Now, Sam Wilson, I I I love the character. I'm excited they're going to make a movie, a, a Captain America four. Mm. He's going to be starring in. I can't wait to see it. Despite all my, anarcho anti patriot stuff, <laughs> I still have fun yeah. watching him run around in a colorful outfit. It is what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, wow. do you have any idea when that movie's coming out?
1: Oh, I don't know the. I I, I think it's either twenty four or twenty five, but I'm not hundred oh. percent sure. It's it's in the next upcoming like slate of everything they've put out, and I think it's called. Was it called New World Order or something like that?
0: Oh, oh, because that was the name of the first episode of the series. As uh, maybe well.
1: I'm wrong. Maybe that was an episode. Uh, uh. But yeah, there's a. It sounds real interesting. Let me give
0: me one second to Google this. Oh, one thing I'd say as far as my notes here, right? Like, is that yep. uh, at one point John Walker. Like he has like a total meltdown because like you also you get the impression this character is like always on the verge of losing it. And he, he does, of course, at that one point when he kills the guy. But like at one point he yells, uh, I think it was to like Congress, like a congressional committee that he was called to testify before. He yells at them, I dedicated my life to your mandates. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you get an impression that he's at least like it's psychologically or emotionally tortured. Part of it is like because he has this huge, he's a soldier, he's a huge dedication to the US government and you know patriotism. But you also get the feeling that he's hes really pushing himself in stretch probably by doing that. And so he snaps at that moment.
1: Well, I want to read the, I haven't done it yet. I want to read through what Sam says in the speech.
0: Yeah, oh, you yeah, have, at the very end.
1: Yeah, um, they, so they, they call Carly Morgenthau and the flag smashers terrorists. You have to stop calling them terrorists. Your peacekeeping troops carry weapons. Carrying weapons are forcing millions of people into settlements around the world, right? What do you think these people are going to call you? The labels terrorist, refugee, thug, they're often used to get around the question why. And I appreciate what he says there. He's pointing out something uh, similar to what I've been saying for many decades uh, around the Afghanistan, Iraq wars and conflicts, the names that were thrown around, especially by the right. Like I was called a terrorist so many times for saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't be over there slaughtering people. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, you know what? You're right. So this pointed out that he has no idea how complicated the situation is. He says, you know what? You're right. And that's a good thing. We have fi- we finally have a common struggle now. This is kind of going back to the Watchman idea that the only time we're going to get along is when we're fighting against the struggle. And I think COVID has shown us anything that's not going to happen think about that for once all the people who've been begging and i mean literally begging for you to feel how hard any given day is now you know how did it feel to be helpless if you can remember what it felt like to be helpless and face a force so powerful it could erase the planet you would know that you're about to have the same exact impact this isn't about easy decisions senator I'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes. What don't I understand? Every time I pick this thing up, I know there are millions of people out there who are going to hate me for it. Even now, here I feel it the stares, the judgment, and there's nothing I can do to change it. Yet I'm still here. No super serum, no blonde hair or blue eyes. The only power I have is that I believe we can do better. We can't demand that people step up if we don't meet them halfway. You control the banks. Shit. You can move borders. You can knock down a forest with an email. You can move a million people with a phone call. The question is, who's in the room with you when you're making the decisions? Is it the people you're going to impact or is it just more people like you? And this is a very big petition to authority. It's The, the assumption is that those with the power are going to be able to fix it. And he's fighting to kind of support those in power to be able to fix it. Yeah. It I don't have a lot of faith in this. <laughs> oh, but then,
0: uh, he also, I think in that same speech, uh, he, he says to the, the senator people in power, you people have just as much power as an insane God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Like referring to like Thanos and Lo- uh, Loki and all that.
1: And at the same time, he's pointing out this element of racism within the country and, and, and stuff like that, and specifically that he's got to confront and he's putting on a red, white and blue and. Boy, that brings up a lot of questions from a lot of different angles and a lot of different folks, you know, that have already been brought up here. Um, we're we're getting to be close to time. Do you have anything that we need to touch on before we wrap this up? Because we could oh. probably go up for a while
0: right? <laughs> about this. Yeah. Well, I, I guess uh, just one thing, the positive element of anarchy of what uh, anarchism advocates for is uh, you could say like community, local communities supporting each other, having solidarity and mutual aid, people helping each other out. And that was shown in this, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier when the local community that Sam Wilson and his sister live in, in the, I think it was in Louisiana somewhere, yes. they came together in the time of need of their, their family and they really worked together and helped them out and stuff. A lot of mutual aid and support. And so, and that was like a, a nice kind of positive, touching aspect in this area. So it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> I don't
1: think it's all. I think there's a lot of positive things that yeah. are even said in it uh, in yeah. certain in certain regards and in certain areas on certain subjects. Although it is, I'd say it's it very much kind of has a certain what what I would refer to as a neoliberal taint oh, yeah. to it, a <laughs> neoliberal imperialist taint, and that's kind of where I guess the the. The U.S. um, progressive-ish liberal uh, politic lies right now. It seems to be Mm -hmm. in that area. There's there's certain things that aren't, you know, challenging the authority isn't looked looked highly upon.
0: (laughs) Oh Oh, yeah, and so like the Disney Corporation is picking up on that and kind of expressing it here with these stories.
1: Well, it's also like 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 let's face it. That's also. they they realize what the world looks like and how people feel about certain things, and they're they're serving something up to an audience who wants these certain things, and they're they're kind of giving that. They know that there's an audience out there for it. Like one thing is, there's a lot more than than just like pasty old white guys with blue blue eyes and blonde hair and Disney realizes that there's a whole audience around globally around this world that want to see characters that reflect themselves and that's a positive there that they're bringing that and, and there is going to be profit in that for that company they realize that because there's a whole lot of people starving for that kind of media uh, and that's, that's both good I guess for like representation and bringing some of these issues of race and stuff out at the same time, it's not like the Disney Corporation is itching to uh, get rid of the, the massive laws that protect their obscene wealth and oh, power yeah. over
0: others. So. Yeah, yeah. It's protected by the state. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. like, but like yeah, yeah, because, like, definitely the George Floyd protests and Black Lives Matter was happening when they were filming the series. And we're that's why they had stuff like this. Yeah, it's it's reflected
1: in this. Oh, yeah, because
0: Isaiah Bradley character, he said uh, they were never they will never let a black man be Captain America and no self-respecting black man will ever want to be. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm 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 I'm
1: curious. I'm hoping we see more Isaiah Bradley. I'm hoping we see some young Isaiah Bradley. And I'll put this Mm -hmm. in there because we're getting late on time. I want to see more Captain Americas. I want to see. an. here's what I really want to see is some kind of flashback movie period piece of an 80s like red scare <laughs> captain america where he fights the red guardy <laughs> oh wow okay i'd like to see something like because we know there's other caps we have isaiah bradley we have john walker we have sam wilson and we have steve rogers so there's at least four captain americas there in the mix i want to see some more caps of the past to fill in those gaps and that one cap i want to see is that red scare reaganomics yeah. captain america
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and get some like '80s music and stuff, you know, that you can license and play, just like a uh, in the James Gunn movies. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Danger Zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, I just, I just, I peed into the into the episode. They're gonna take it down. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have anything to add to this?
0: <laughs> Maybe we're, we're like in an Erin Kellyman phase right now. <laughs> Erin Kellyman. Yeah, she's the actress that played Carly Morgenthau in this series. <gasps> And she's currently playing a character in the Willow series that's coming out right now. Oh, we and need the to talk about episode. Willow. next <laughs> episode. Well, yeah, and then next episode we'll talk about the solo movie where she's in that movie as well. Was she
1: in that one as well?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, at the very end. Yeah, she's a part of like some rebel bandit kind of group.
1: Oh, I'm I i it has been a minute since I watched. Well, I guess I have to rewatch it. I guess that's where yeah. I first saw her from that. I, I like her. I like her in Willow. I'm enjoying Willow. I think Willow's one of my favorite. There's a big fantasy explosion of fantasy series here lately. And she's yeah. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's about all we have for today. Did you tell them where they can find you, folks, where they can find you on the Internet?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm uh, uh, at parenthesis I, and I spelled E-Y-E, uh, at collectiva.social. That's uh, me on Mastodon. And then also yeah parenthesis I.blogspot.com for some of my writings.
1: And you can find me every day here on this channel where this is originally releasing at. I don't know where it'll be out in the future, but right for now, here at the Wobblers and Wizards Daily Podcast. Um, I'm on Twitter and TikTok at Logar Hill Krom. And how does it go?
0: Oh, everyone has their own
1: rebellion.